श्रीमद्वाकीयरायणे बालकांडम अथ प्रथम सर्ग तपस्वाध्याय निरतस्वीवाग्विदर नारद पिपृछ वाकर्मुनिपुंगव कौन्वस्तम लोके गुणवान्क्यवाने धर्मज्ञ्यक्यवाक्यो दृढ़व्रत चारिण चोयुक्त सर्वूतेषु कोद्वान्थिदर्शन आत्मवान्जुत क्रोधो द्युतिमाको न सूयक कस्य बिभ्यति देवाश्चातरोषस्युगे एकदिछाम्यहम श्रोत परम कौतूहल हिमे महर्षे समर्थोसीधन्नरम श्रुवा चैतत्रोको वाकर्नारदो वच श्रूयता चामंत्र्य प्रहृष्टो वाक्यम्रवीद बहवो दुर्लभाश्चवेवयाकर्तिता गुणा मुने वक्ष्याम्यहम बुद्धवा तैर्युक्त श्रूयता नर इक्ष्वाकुवंश प्रभवो रामो नाम जनश्रुता नियतात्मा महावीर्यो द्युतिमाधुतिमाशी बुद्धिमातिमाग्मीश्रीमाछत्रुनिबर्हण विपुलांसो महाबाह कंबुग्रीवो महाहनु महोरस्को महेश्वासो गूढ़जत्रुरिंदम आजानुबाहुस्सुशिरा सुललाटस्सु विक्रम समसम विभक्तांग स्निग्धवर्ण प्रतापवान्नवक्षा विशालाक्षो लक्ष्मीवांशुभलक्षण धर्मसत्यसंध्च प्रजाचरता यशस्वी ज्ञानसंपन्नशुचिर्वश्य सजापति समीमाताशूदन रक्षिता जीवलोक धर्म से पिरक्षिता रक्षिता स्वस्य धर्म से स्वजन से चक्षिता वेद वेदांगतत्वोधनुर्वेदे चर्वशास्त्रतत्वस्मृतिमाभानवान्वलोक प्रिय साधुरदीनाचक्षण सर्वदागत सद्भ्यमुद्र इव सिंधु आर्यसमश्चदर्शन स चर्वगुणोपेत कौसल्यानंदवर्धन समुद्र इव गांधी धैर्येण हिमवाष्णुना सदृशो वीर सोमवत्दर्शन कालाग्नि सदृश क्रोधे क्षमया पृथ्वी सनदेन समस्यागे सत्ये धर्म इवापर तमेवंगुण संपन्नम रामं सत्यपराक्रमं ज्येष्ठं ज्येष्ठगुणैर्युक्त प्रिय दशरथसुत प्रकृतीनाुक्त प्रकृति प्रियकाम्यौवराज्येन संयोक्त मैछत्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त्त
ಸಸತ್ಯವಚನಾಧರ್ಮಪಾಶೇನ ಸಂಯತ ವಿಸುತಂ ರಾಮಂ ದಶರಥ ಪ್ರಿಯ ಸಜಗಾಮವನಂ ವೀರ ಪ್ರತಿಜ್ಞಾಮನುಪಾಲಯನ್ ಪಿತುರ್ವಚನ ನಿರ್ದೇಶೇಯ ಪ್ರಿಯ ಕಾರಣ ತಂ ವ್ರಜಂತ ಪ್ರಿಯೋ ಭ್ರಾತ ಲಕ್ಷ್ಮಣೋ ನುಜಗಾಮ ಸ್ನೇಹಾನಯ ಸಂಪನ್ನ ಸ್ವಮಿತ್ರಾನಂದವರ್ಧನ ಭ್ರಾತರಂ ದಯಿತೋ ಭ್ರಾತು ಸೌಭ್ರಾತ್ರಮನುದರ್ಶಯನ್ ರಾಮಸ್ಯದಯಿತಾ ಭಾರ್ಯ ನಿತ್ಯಂ ಪ್ರಾಣಸಮಾಹಿತ ಜನಕಸ್ಯಕುಲೇ ಜಾತೇವಮಾ ನಿರ್ಮಿತ ಸರ್ವಕ್ಷಣ ಸಂಪನ್ನ ನಾರೀಣಾಮುತ್ತಮಾವಧೂ ಸೀತಾಪ್ಯನುಗತಾ ರಾಮಂ ಶಶಿನಂ ರೋಹಿಣೀ ಯೌರೈರನುಗತೋ ದೂರಂ ಪಿತ್ರಾ ದಶರಥೇನ ಶೃಂಗವೇರಪುರೇ ಸೂತಂ ಗಂಗಾಕೂಲೆ ವ್ಯಸರ್ಜಯತ್ ಗುಹಮಾಸಾಧ್ಯ ಧರ್ಮಾತ್ಮಾಧಿಪತಿ ಪ್ರಿಯ ಗುಹೇನ ಸಹಿತೋ ರಾಮೋ ಲಕ್ಷ್ಮಣೇನ ಚೀತೆಯನೇನ ವನಂಗತ್ವಾನದೀಸ್ತೀರ್ಥೂದ ಚಿತ್ರಕೂಟಮನುಪ್ರಾಪ್ಯ ಭರದ್ವಾಜಸ್ಯಾಸನಾಮ್ಯಮಾವಸಂಕೃತ್ವಾರಮಾಣಾವನೇತ್ರಯ ದೇವಗಂಧರ್ವಸಂಕಾಶಾಸ್ತ್ರೇನ್ಯವಸಂಸುಖಂ ಚಿತ್ರಕೂಟಂ ಗತೆ ರಾಮೇ ಪುತ್ರಶೋಕಾತುರಸ್ತಾಜಾದಶರಥಸ್ವರ್ಗಂ ಜಗಾಮ ವಿಲಪನ್ಸುತ ಗತೇತುತಸ್ಮಿನ್ ಭರತೋ ವಸಿಷ್ಠ ಪ್ರಮುಖೈರ್ದ್ವಿಜೈ ನಿಯೋಜ್ಯಮಾನೋ ರಾಜ್ಯಾಯನೈಚ್ಛದ್ರಾಜ್ಯಂ ಮಹಾಬಲ ಸಜಗಾಮವನಂ ವೀರೋ ರಾಮಪಾದಪ್ರಸಾದಕ ಗತ್ವಾತು ಸಮಹಾತ್ಮಾನಂ ರಾಮಂ ಸತ್ಯಪರಾಕ್ರಮ ಅಯಾಚ್ರಾತರಂ ರಾಮ ಮಾರ್ಯಭಾವಪುರಸ್ಕೃತಮೇವರಾಜಾಧರ್ಮಜ್ಞ ವಚೋ ಬ್ರವೀತ್ ರಾಮೋಪಿ ಪರಮೋದಾರ ಸುಮುಖ ಸುಮಹಾಯಶಾಚ್ಛತ್ಪಿತುರಾಧೇಶಾದ್ರಾಜ್ಯಂ ರಾಮೋ ಮಹಾಬಲ ಪಾದುಕೆ ರಾಜ್ಯಾಸಂ ದತ್ವಾ ಪುನಃ ಪುನಃ ನಿವರ್ತಯಾಮಸತೋ ಭರತಂ ಭರತಾಗ್ರಜ ಸಕಾಮಮನವಾಪ್ಯಪಸ್ಪೃಶನ್ ನಂದಿಗ್ರಾಮೇಕರೋದ್ರಾಜ್ಯಂ ರಾಮಗಮನಕಾಕ್ಷೆಯ ಗತೇತು ಭರತೆ ಶ್ರೀಮಾನ್ ಸತ್ಯಸಂಧೋಜಿತೇಂದ್ರಿಯ ರಾಮಸ್ತು ಪುನರಾಲಕ್ಷ್ಯನಾಗರಸ್ಯನಸ್ಯಗಮನಮೇಕಾಗ್ರೋದಂಡಕಾಂಡ್ರವಿವೇಶ ಪ್ರವಿಶ್ಯತು ಮಹಾರಣ್ಯಂ ರಾಮೋ ರಾಜೀವಲೋಚನ ವಿರಾಧಂ ರಾಕ್ಷಸಂಹತ್ವಾ ಶರಭಂಗಂ ದರ್ಶ ಸುತೀಕ್ಷ್ಣಂಚಾಪ್ಯಗಸ್ತ್ಯಂಚ ಅಗಸ್ತ್ಯಭ್ರಾತರಂ ತಗಸ್ತ್ಯವಚನಾಚ್ಚೈವಗ್ರಾಹೈಂದ್ರಂ ಶರಾಸನ ಖಡ್ಗಂ ಚ ಪರಮ ಪ್ರೀತಸ್ತೂಣೀ ಚಾಕ್ಷಯ ಸಾಯಕೌ ವಸತಸ್ತಸ್ಯ ವನೇ ವನಚರೈ ಸಹ ಋಷಯೋಭ್ಯಾಗಮನ್ ಸರ್ವೇ ವಧಾಯಾಸುರಕ್ಷಸ ಸತೇಶ್ರತಿಶುಶ್ರಾವರಾಕ್ಷಸಾನಾಂತದಾವನೇ ಪ್ರತಿಜ್ಞಾತಶ್ಚರಾಮೇಣ ವಧ ಸಂಯತಿರಕ್ಷಸ ಋಷೀಣಾಮಗ್ನಿಕಲ್ಪಾಂಡಕಾರಣ್ಯವಾಸಿನಾಂ ತೂರ್ಪಣಖಾರಾಕ್ಷಸೀಕಾಮೂಪಿಣೀತಶೂರ್ಪಣಖಾವಾಕ್ಯಾದ್ಯುಕ್ತಾನ್ಸರ್
ಲನೇತಸ್ಮಿನ್ನಿವಸತಾಜನಸ್ಥಾನಿವಾಸಿನಾಕ್ಷಸಾನ್ನಿಹತಾಸಂಸಹಸ್ರಾಣಿಚತ
ಸಮುದ್ರಕ್ಷೋಭಯಾಮಾಸರೈರಾದಿತ್ಯಸನ್ನಿಭೈ ದರ್ಶಯಾಮಾಸಾತ್ಮಾನಂ ತೋಗ್ನಿವಚನಾತ್ಸೀತಾಜ್ಞಾತ್ವಾಗತಕಲ್ಮಷಾಂಕರ್ಮಣಾತೇನ ದೇವತಾಭ್ಯೋವರಂಪ್ರಾಪ್ಯಸಮುತ್ಥಾಪ್ಯಚವಾನರಾನಯೋಧ್ಯಾಂಪ್ರಸ್ಥಿತೋರ
सपुत्रपौत्र सगण प्रेत स्वर्गे महीयते पठन द्विजो वृषभत्मीयात्त्रिओ भूमिपतिमीयाणिजन पण्यफलाजनश्चूद्रोपी महत्मीयात इर्षे श्रीमद्राणे वाकीय आदि काव्ये बालकांडे प्रथम सर्ग श्रीमद वाल्मीकि रामायण बुक वन बालकांडा कैंटो वन द सेलेस्टियल सेज नारदा नरेट्स टू वाल्मीकि द स्टोरी ऑफ श्री रामा इन अ नटशेल द एसेटिक वाल्मीकि पुट द फॉलोइंग क्वेश्चन डायरेक्ट टू नारदा द चीफ ऑफ हर्मिट्स द फोरमोस्ट ऑफ दोज स्किल्ड इन एक्सप्रेशन हु रिमेन्स एवर एंगेज इन एसकेसिस एंड सेल्फ स्टडी the study of the vedas who can possibly be full of virtues in this world at present who is possessed of prowess and knows what is right who is conscious of services done truthful of speech and firm of resolve who is possessed of right conduct and who is friendly to all living beings who is a man of knowledge who is powerful and who has a singularly lovable appearance who has subdued his self who has conquered anger who is possessed of splendor and who is above fault finding and who whom do the very gods dread when his wrath has been provoked in battle i wish to hear this for there is a great curiosity in my mind about it while you are capable of knowing such a man O eminent seer hearing this appeal of valmiki the sage narada who possessed knowledge of the three worlds said listen and greatly delighted addressed the following words i shall duly consider and tell you of such a hero be pleased to hear from me of the man endowed with the manifold and rare virtues that have been described by you There is one descended in the line of Ikshvaku and known by the name of Rama. He has fully controlled his mind, is very powerful, radiant and resolute and has brought his senses under control. He is intelligent, sagacious, eloquent, glorious and an exterminator of foes. He is distinguished with broad shoulders powerful arms a neck shaped as a conch and a stout chin he is marked with a broad chest a mighty bow and a collar bone covered with flesh and is capable of subduing his foes his unusually long arms extend right up to his knees he has a well formed head a shapely forehead and a charming gait he is of medium stature neither very tall nor very short has well proportioned limbs has a shining complexion is mighty has a rounded chest large eyes is full of splendor and has auspicious marks on his body he knows the secret of virtue and is true to his promise and intent on the good of the people he is illustrious full of wisdom pure in his dealings a man of self-control and concentrated mind 
He is a supporter of the creation like Brahma, the lord of created beings, affluent, the slayer of his enemies, a protector of living beings and a staunch defender of faith. He is a vindicator of his own virtue and a protector of his own people. He knows the truth of the Vedas and the six sciences, grammar, etc., auxiliary to them and is a past master in archery. He knows the real meaning of all the scriptures, is possessed of a sharp memory and quick wit. He is popular in all the worlds, is pious, high-minded and shrewd. He is always sought by the righteous, even as the ocean is by rivers. He is noble, alike to all, and always wears a pleasing countenance. He is endowed with all excellences and enhances the delight of his mother, Kausalya. He vies with the ocean in profundity and compares with the Himalaya in point of firmness. He is a replica of Lord Vishnu in prowess and he is pleasing of aspect as the moon. In show of anger, he resembles the destructive fire at the end of creation and is a counterpart of Mother Earth in forbearance. He equals Kubera, the lord of riches and bestower of wealth, in liberality and is another dharma, the god of piety, as it were, in point of truthfulness. With intent to gratify the people, the king, Emperor Dasharatha, lovingly sought to invest with the office of regent his beloved son, Sri Rama, who possessed unfailing prowess and was adorned with the aforesaid qualities, who was not only the eldest of his four sons in point of age, but was also endowed with the highest virtues and devoted to the interests of the people. Witnessing the preparations in connection with the installation of Sri Rama, the illustrious queen Kaikai, the youngest of the three principal consorts of Emperor Dasharatha, who had been granted a boon by Emperor on a former occasion, in recognition of her outstanding personal courage and service to her husband on the field of battle, however, asked of him, in lieu of the promised boon, the exile of Sri Rama and the installation of Bharata, her own son. Bound as he was by the, by the tie of duty in the form of his plighted word, due to his ever speaking the truth, King Dasharatha exiled his beloved son, Rama. In obedience to his father's command in the form of the boon granted to him in favour of Kaikai and with a view to pleasing Kaikai, his stepmother, the heroic Rama retired to the woods in order to implement the pledge of his father. His loving younger brother Lakshmana, who enhanced the delight of his own mother Sumitra, the younger of the other principal consorts of Emperor Dasharatha, who was not only adorned with modesty but a favourite of his brother Sri Rama, followed his aforesaid brother out of affection as the latter set out on his journey to the forest, thus testifying to his amicable relationship. Sri Rama's wedded spouse Sita, so called because she was unearthed from the track of a ploughshare, who was dear to him as life and was ever friendly to him who, 
though not born in the ordinary way from a mother's womb, was taken as descended in the line of Janaka, a king of Mithila, Siratvaja by name, Janaka being his family title, was endowed with all auspicious marks on her person and was a veritable jewel among women and he and who looked like the Lord's own wonderful potency manifested by the Lord himself, also accompanied Sri Rama as Rohini, the spouse of the moon god, also a constellation of that name, follows the moon god. He was followed afar by the citizens of Ayodhya as well as by his aged father, Dasharatha. Meeting his beloved Guha, the chief of the Nishadas, a mixed tribe sprung from a Brahmana through a Shudra woman, at Sringaverapura on the bank of the Ganga, Sri Rama, who was virtue incarnate, accompanied by Guha, Lakshmana and Sita, sent away the charioteer back to Ayodhya. Going from forest to forest and crossing streams containing deep water, they saw the sage Bharatvaja at Prayaga and dismissing Guha there, later on reached Chitrakuta according to the instructions of sage Bharatvaja and erecting a lovely cottage, the three sojourned happily there, sporting in the woods like gods and Gandharvas, celestial musicians. Sri Rama, having proceeded to Chitrakuta on foot, as reported by the charioteer, who had since returned to Ayodhya, Emperor Dasharatha forthwith gave up the ghost and ascended to heaven, bewailing his son, stricken as he was with grief at his separation from the latter. Though being urged to accept the throne by the Brahmanas headed by sage Vasishtha, the family priest and preceptor of the kings of Ayodhya, on the king, having departed to the other world, Bharata, who was very powerful, did not covet the throne. He proceeded to the forest in order to please the venerable Rama and persuade him to return to Ayodhya and accept his father's throne. Approaching the high-souled Rama of unfailing prowess, Bharata, rich in noble sentiments, actually implored Sri Rama, his elder brother, accordingly. He addressed the following words to Sri Rama. Let you alone be the ruler, since you know what is right. In deference to his father's decree, Boon conferring the throne of Ayodhya on Bharata, Sri Rama too, who was supremely magnanimous and enjoyed a very great renown, and who always wore a gracious aspect, did not hanker for the kingdom. Nay, handing over to Bharata his own pair of wooden sandals as his token of love, and urging Bharata to rule over the kingdom, Sri Rama, Bharata's elder brother, who was possessed of great might, persuaded him to return from Chitrakuta by repeated importunities. Without realizing his ambition of seeing Sri Rama back in Ayodhya and crowning him king, Bharata returned to Ayodhya, touching the feet of Sri Rama and taking leave of him. Longing for the return of Sri Rama, he ruled over the kingdom while living at Nandigrama, a lonely retreat 14 miles away from Ayodhya. When Bharata, however, had left, 
the glorious Sri Rama of unfailing vow, who had conquered his senses and was intent on one object, that of implementing the pledge of his father, entered the Dandaka forest, they say, anticipating the renewed visit of the people of Ayodhya to that region of Chitrakuta. Entering the great forest of Dandaka and having dispatched the ogre Viradha, the lotus-eyed Rama saw one after another the sages Sharabhanga and Sutikshna, as well as Agastya and his brother Idmavahana. At the instance of Agastya himself, he accepted with supreme delight a bow, a sword, a pair of quivers containing an inexhaustible stock of arrows, all bestowed upon the sage by Indra, the lord of paradise. While the aforesaid Rama was sojourning in the forest with foresters, all the seers dwelling in the forest called on him with a request to make short work of the demons and ogres haunting the forest. In the presence of those seers dwelling in the forest of Dandaka and glorious as fire, Sri Rama then vowed to kill the ogres in that forest. The destruction of the ogres in an encounter was solemnly promised by Rama. The ogress Shurpanakha, so-called because the monstrous possessed nails as big as a winnowing fan who dwelt in Janasthana, a portion of the Dandaka forest and was capable of assuming any form at will, was disfigured by Sri Rama by having her nose and ears lopped off by Lakshmana while living in that very forest. Sri Rama then killed on the field of battle all the ogres that came prepared for an encounter at the instigation of Shurpanakha, including their leaders Khara, Trishira and the ogre Dushana as also their followers. No less than 14,000 of ogres dwelling in Janasthana were made short work of by Rama while sojourning in that forest. Stupefied through anger to hear of the destruction of his kinsmen, Ravana, the king of Lanka, sought the help of a fellow ogre, one of the two sons of the ogress Tataka, Maricha by name. Though repeatedly discouraged by Maricha, saying, It is not advisable for you to make enemies with that powerful prince Shirama, O Ravana, yet turning a deaf ear to his advice and impelled by death, the aforesaid Ravana, who made people scream, then proceeded to the site of Rama's hermitage along with Maricha. Having caused the two princes, Sri Rama and Lakshmana, to be removed afar from the hermitage by the wily Maricha, he abducted Sri Rama's spouse Sita, fatally wounding the vulture Jatayu, who tried to intercept him and thereby deliver Sita from his clutches. Now tormented with grief to perceive the vulture mortally wounded and to hear from it of Sita, the princess of Mithila, the capital of King Janaka, having been forcibly carried away by Ravana, Sri Rama, a scion of Raghu, loudly wailed, his mind agitated through perturbation. Then, having cremated the vulture Jatayu and hunting up Sita in the forest in that very state of grief, Sri Rama came across an ogre 
Kabandha by name, who was deformed of body and terrible to look at. So the tradition goes. Having made short work of him, the mighty armed prince cremated him too and the demon regained his original form of a Gandharva and ascended to heaven. While rising to heaven, he said to Sri Rama, Seek, O Rama, a scion of Raghu, Shabari, a pious hermitess, who is well versed in the principles of righteousness. The highly glorious Rama, the destroyer of his foes, accordingly approached Shabari. Duly worshipped by Shabari, Sri Rama, son of Dasharatha, came into contact with the monkey chief Hanuman on the bank of the Pampa lake, so the tradition goes. At the intercession of Hanuman specifically, he further made friends with Sugriva. To Sugriva, the exceedingly powerful Rama, duly narrated from the very beginning his very birth, the whole of his popular story and the well-known story of Sita, his consort in particular. Pleased to hear the whole narrative of Sri Rama, the monkey chief Sugriva too made friendship with Sri Rama in the presence of the sacred fire as a witness. In response to an enquiry made by Sri Rama with regard to his enmity with his own elder brother Vali, the whole incident was then related by Sugriva, the ruler of the monkeys, afflicted as he was to Sri Rama and lovingly by made an alliance with him based on mutual trust. A vow was taken by Sri Rama that very moment to the effect that Vali would be killed by him. And there on Mount Rishyamoka, the monkey chief described to Sri Rama the unique strength of Vali, his elder brother, since Sugriva was full of misgivings concerning Sri Rama, a scion of Raghu, in the matter of prowess vis-a-vis -vis his opponent, Vali. In order to make Sri Rama aware of Vali's strength, Sugriva actually showed to him the exceptionally tall skeleton of the demon Dundubhi, killed by Vali, which looked like a big mountain and which had been disdainfully kicked away to a long distance by Vali. Smiling at this and gazing on the skeleton, the mighty armed Sri Rama, who possessed extraordinary strength, hurled it with his toe to a distance of full 80 miles. In order to inspire confidence in the mind of Sugriva, Sri Rama further pierced on that very occasion with a single mighty shaft, one after another, as many as seven palmyra trees standing in a line adjacent to one another, a hillock standing by, as well as Rasatala, the sixth subterranean plain, including the five preceding ones, that is Atala, Vitala, Sutala, Talatala and Mahatala. Reassured by the latter feat and accompanied by Sri Rama, that great monkey Sugriva, then marched at once with a mind full of delight to Kishkindha, the capital of Vali, situated cave-like in the midst of mountains. Then wrote Sugriva, the monkey chief, who was tawny as gold in appearance. Distracted by that great, unusual roar, 
Vali, the king of the monkeys, sallied forth to meet Sugriva. Reassuring Tara, his devoted and sagacious wife, who discouraged him by pleading that Sugriva had since secured the alliance of Sri Rama and as such could, do, could no longer be conquered, he then closed with Sugriva and in the course of that very encounter Sri Rama, the celebrated sign of Raghu, disposed of Vali with a single arrow. Having thus killed Vali on the field of battle at the instance of Sugriva, Sri Rama, a sign of Raghu, then installed Sugriva himself on Vali's throne. Bringing together all the monkeys, the said Sugriva, the jewel among the monkeys, to dispatch them in all directions, keen as he was to have Sita, the daughter of Janaka, traced out. Then, according to the counsel of Sampati, the vulture king, who could see Sita in Lanka from that distance, the mighty Hanuman leapt across the brackish sea, 800 miles broad, that parted the mainland of India from Lanka. Duly reaching the city of Lanka, ruled over by the demon king Ravana, he found there Sita confined in a grove of Ashoka trees, contemplating on the feet of Sri Rama. Presenting to her the souvenir in the shape of a signet ring handed over to him by Sri Rama and relating the news about Sri Rama's alliance with Sugriva and the latter's installation on the throne of Kishkindha, after Vali, his elder brother and mortal enemy, had been got rid of by Sri Rama and having consoled Sita, the daughter of King Janaka, with the assurance that her consort would shortly come and rescue her after disposing of the tyrannical Ravana, Hanuman demolished the outer gate of the orchard. Having made short work of five army commanders, Pingalanetra and others, as also seven sons of ministers, Jambumali and so on, and crushed the gallant Aksha, a son of Ravana, he allowed himself to be bound under the spell of a Brahmastra, or missile presided over by Brahma the creator and discharged by Ravana's heir apparent, Meghnada. Though knowing himself as released by the aforesaid missile in consequence of a boon granted by Brahma to the effect that after undergoing bondage for about a couple of hours, the missile associated with his name being infallible, he would be rid of it. The hero, Hanuman, who was keen to meet Ravana, deliberately bore with those ogres who carried him in bondage to Ravana. Having set on fire the city of Lanka, barring the abode of Sita, the princess of Mithila, alone, the great monkey Hanuman, then came back by the same route to Kishkindha to break the delightful news of Sita having been found to Sri Rama. Approaching the high-souled Sri Rama and going around him clockwise as a mark of respect, Hanuman, who was possessed of infinite intelligence, submitted to him that Sita had been seen by him in reality. Moving to the shore of the Indian Ocean in the extreme south, accompanied by Sugriva, Sri Rama then shook the ocean to its lowest depths in Patala, 
the nethermost subterranean plain by his arrows glorious as the sun on the latter not responding to allow passage to the army of monkeys that sought to march across it in order to reach lanka in their bid to recover sita at this ocean the lord of the rivers not only revealed himself in person to shri rama but also apologized to him for his refractoriness and only at the intercession of the ocean shri rama caused nala to build a bridge across the sea reaching the city of lanka by the bridge and killing ravana in a combat shri rama experienced a sense of great shame in on getting back sita who had remained so long at the grove of a demon in lanka and could be easily pronounced by critics as polluted shri rama then spoke harsh words to her in the assembly of monkeys and others resenting them the aforesaid sita chaste as she was entered fire coming to know sita as sinless from the words of the fire god who test who testified to her chastity shri rama thereupon accepted her all the three worlds comprising the animate and inanimate creation along with the hosts of gods and rishis were pleased with that remarkable feat of the high soul rama in the shape of the overthrow of ravana and the deliverance of sita honored by all the gods shri rama thereupon looked extremely delighted having installed vibhishana the chief of the ogres on the throne of lanka shri rama felt accomplished of purpose and rid of anxiety greatly rejoiced so the tradition goes having received a boon to the effect that all the combatants that had fought on the side of shri rama had fallen in battle be restored to life from the gods who came in their aerial cars to felicitate shri rama on his victory that had brought solace to all the three worlds and aroused as though from sleep the monkeys fallen in battle shri rama flew to ayodhya in the aerial car known by the name of pushpaka that had been snatched by ravana from his half brother kubera the god of riches accompanied by his relations sita and lakshmana and friends vibhishana sugriva and others reaching the hermitage of the sage bharatwaja in the vicinity of prayaga shri rama of unfailing prowess dispatched hanuman in advance to the presence of bharata in order to apprise him of his safe return lest he should be taken unawares narrating past history the circumstances that had led to his exile in the forest and boarding the celebrated pushpaka once more he then flew to nandigrama then a part of ayodhya accompanied by sugriva and others having disentangled his matted hair at nandigrama along with his three brothers and back with sita the sinless rama regained his kingdom too during the reign of shri rama people will be positively much delighted and cheerful contented and well fed exceedingly pious free from mental agony and bodily ailments and rid of the scourge of famine and fear of theft etc 
Nowhere will men witness the death of their son or daughter. Women will never be widows and will ever be devoted to their husbands. There will be no fear from fire, nor will living beings be drowned in water. There will be no fear from wind, nor any fear of fever. Nor will there be fear of starvation in his kingdom, nor that of thieves. Cities and states will be full of riches and food grains. All will be ever extremely happy as in Satya Yoga. Having propitiated the Lord through hundreds of horse sacrifices and other sacrifices involving the use of abundant gold, bestowed with due ceremony a billion cows on the learned and giving away untold riches to the Brahmanas, the highly renowned Rama will establish royal dynasties a hundred times more prosperous than before by not only recognizing and confirming the sovereignty but even by liberally subsidizing them. He will direct the people belonging to all the four grades of society to follow their respective duties on this terrestrial plane. Having served his kingdom for 11,000 years, Sri Rama will ascend to Brahmaloka, the highest heaven. He who reads the sacred narrative of Sri Rama which is capable of purifying the mind and wiping out sins and is treated on a par with the Vedas is completely absolved from all sins. Reading this narrative centering around Sri Rama and conducive to longevity, a man shall, on departing from this world, be honoured in heaven along with his sons and grandsons as well as his followers and attendants. Reading it, a Brahmana bids fair to attain eminence in eloquence. If he is a Kshatriya, he is sure to attain lordship over the earth. A man belonging to the mercantile community is sure to secure profit in trade, and a man belonging to the Shudra class can hope to attain superiority. Thus ends Canto 1 in the Balakanda of the glorious Ramayana of Valmiki, the work of a Rishi and the oldest epic.